Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Leftover Pizza Podcast. So, Derek, you do anything exciting? Oh, man. Um, well, I've been real busy, but I actually today got a chance to get out and do a couple seasonal little things. I uh, finally saw my first Halloween decorations of the season when I went grocery shopping today. Nice. Tell me about it. Uh, just all ridiculously overpriced uh, cups and paper plates and a couple table, you know, things to put on the table. So that was kind of fun. Um, went apple picking, which was great. Love apple picking. Got some fresh cider donuts. Those were delicious. Uh, oh, when I was out at the grocery store, they had the Cheetos Bucket of Bones. I think they're still calling it Bag of Bones, but the Bucket of Bones. So I picked one of those up, and uh, yeah, that's kind of been it. Been working on a couple spooky things for Dem Boys in the background that'll probably get released next month. But other than that, uh, not too much. What about you? Uh, I was at Walmart a little bit earlier today and uh, looking at a couple of things here and there, and I did not see the Bucket of Bones yet, however. They're supposed to be coming pretty soon, I guess, but uh, that's on the list for sure, and I'm happy that at least one of us found them. But um, yeah, I did I did check out a couple of new things between uh, what the Nerds candy corn that just came out and the, uh, the Minions candy corn and a um, couple of different Halloween costumes and decorations and I was just thinking to myself, boy, things have certainly changed in a lot of departments. And I thought tonight with this episode that we could uh, maybe revisit some of the things that made our Halloweens unique. So I was born in 89. And what year were you born in, Derek? I was born in 93. So not a huge difference year-wise. But, I mean, when you're a kid, four years is everything, you know? It's basically like a whole high school graduating class, so I don't know. The way trends come and go, that's like an eternity in pop culture. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, looks like I'm starting this one off tonight, so uh, without further ado, here's my first pick. It was late one night in the castle of the Chicken McNuggets. What are you making? Sauce. We're using my mummy's recipe. Mummy? Uh-uh. This is be good. It'll be great. Hmm, does your daddy have a recipe? <laughs> so my first pick is the McDonald's Halloween items. Between the late 80s and mid-90s, McDonald's was on top of Halloween. Between Halloween commercials, toys, coupons, spooky sounds, tapes, and accessories like bags, masks, pails, I've divided these little bits up into categories. So the toys, they had two waves of Halloween McNugget buddies. Three, if you count the Glow McNuggets released in Australia that like nobody had. Did you ever see those, by the way? I have not actually seen those, so you'll have to... uh shoot me a picture over on Slack after this because those sound pretty wild. Oh, I definitely will. There's four of them. I can't remember exactly which ones they made, but they're pretty different from the ones that we've seen here in the United States. They were like, the McNuggets themselves were like white. They had that glow-in-the-dark white kind of plastic going on with them. The opacity, a little spooky opacity. Mm-hmm. But equally as cool. So they had them, they had uh, these toys, they were called What Am I Going to Be for Halloween Figures, where they had detachable costumes on them. 
Um, then they had Nerds Candy Dispensers. All these toys that immediately people remember and can tie a specific memory to in an instant. So I can remember once driving with my mom to McDonald's in October and hearing Monster Mash come on the radio. We pull into McDonald's. I'm about to get a delicious and unhealthy Happy Meal. Little did I know this Happy Meal was contained in like this green Halloween witch pill. And these pills didn't become anything but crayon containers later. They didn't hold very much candy, but they were a must-have, like... You had to have these things. Absolutely. So the pails are kind of funny because I think those came out maybe a little bit before I would have been going to McDonald's. Okay. But I had obviously two sets of grandparents. And one set was what you would call like the fun grandparents, if you will. Not that I think that in my old age, but when you're a kid, you're like, well, they're the fun set. And there, the other ones are like the more conservative set. And it was kind of weird because the more conservative set out in their shed, they had like a whole bunch of those Halloween pails and we would use them in like sandboxes or to just like play around like with water or something like that. But I just thought that it was weird that they had those just very randomly. It was like, well, I don't know what you guys are doing with these, but okay. They did seem to be, they, they were just used for just about anything but collecting Halloween candy and like... I, I know a lot of people use them as decorations nowadays. Like I, I, on my truck route, I'll see people that put them out on their front porch, and uh, I've also seen people put them little like them little kind of tea light things in them. Uh, they're brighter than tea lights. They're like LED tea lights, and they, I mean they do the job pretty well. But uh, yeah, yeah. And going back to the McNugget Buddies, because again, I think there was a couple different eras of the McNugget Buddies. Oh yeah, sure. As an adult, I really do like the what am I going to be for Halloween ones, the, the dress-up ones, because those are pretty cool. I just love any toy that gets, like, a shell that goes over it to make it look different than the actual toy already is. But I think the ones that I remember most are the nerd candy dispensers, because I definitely had those when I was a kid. So I don't know when those were released. Do you know what year those were released? I have not a clue. They might have been a little bit later on then, but I definitely had those. They, those seem to be, like, such a hot item for McDonald's in, like, the late, late 90s were just, like, nerds dispensers. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was really cool that they, you know, they not didn't just come with, like, a couple of nerds in a bag. They came with a full box of nerds, like. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. So, anyways, yeah, they, they had, they were on top of toys. They also had accessories, too, like, four or five waves of these. Uh, Halloween pails. I, I can't remember exactly how many they did, how many waves there were. I, if you look up online, all the dates and stuff are messed up on the pails. So like, I don't know. Um, Wikipedia has it. I think they have it wrong. Um, very hard to figure out exactly how they were released, when they were released, but uh, probably four or five different waves. And that's not including all the ones that they did for, like, Cartoon Network. They did something for uh, Scooby-Doo. They did some, what was it, The Great Pumpkin Patch, Charlie Brown. They had those ones. I mean, they did a serious amount of pails over the years. I think the uh, Snoopy ones were kind of recent, weren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. The 50th anniversary of The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Those are pretty fun to see back in stores. Like, it, it made sense. It was appropriate because of the anniversary and everything. But, like, it was just cool to see a pail back at McDonald's. 
Yeah, for sure. Then they did Halloween. Did you ever see the Halloween bags? Halloween bags. Yes. Abs- yes, I did. Actually. They were like a vinyl bag. There was three different ones. There was like a witch and a ghost and a Frankenstein. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I know that you've got more things to talk about, but I, that just reminded me. So last year, one of the first times I got out like amid the, the pandemic was I, I just took a step out to Savers to see what I could to see what I could find. Mm-hmm. And they had um, old Halloween McDonald's cassette tapes. Do you remember those? Yes, absolutely. The spooky sounds. I just thought that was cool. I just love the tie, like the ties that McDonald's has to Halloween. They're like one of the few people who just aren't afraid to go balls to the wall with it. Oh yeah, and anybody that wants to listen to them, they are on YouTube. Like you can check them out on YouTube if you're interested in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I spent that ninety nine cents with absolutely no way to play that anymore because who has cassette players? Oh, believe it or not, I just bought one not not too long ago, and it works perfectly. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll have to send my tape down to you because there's no way that I can play this thing. So. <laughs> then when the McNugget Buddies came, they also came in boxes that had cutout masks. I, I never had these boxes before. I can't remember actually using them if I did. But one was kind of like a, it was like a one-eyed kind of yellow monster kind of thing. Uh, you just kind of cut it out and put it over your face. Real interesting design to have on a, uh, a Happy Meal box. I don't think they, they utilize the boxes near as much as they used to back in the day these days, but uh, very cool. Then um, the commercials, man, I, I can't even explain how many commercials they've had, but uh, one in particular for me is the appearance of the McNugget Buddies. That was one that stuck with me the most, I would say, of, among all of them. They were like, really campy, really cheesy, and not just McNugget Buddies that were made, but there were some that weren't. There was like a Bride of Frankenstein McNugget Buddy, and it had a lot of like kind of one-line slapstick humor going on in the commercial, you know, something you would typically expect from a McDonald's commercial. Do you have any favorite ones? Hmm. Well, in terms of commercials, I don't have any favorite commercials, but I guess what could be considered a commercial was... I was probably about five or six years old when McDonald's started releasing animated specials on VHS that they would sell at the restaurants, The Adventures in Ronald McDonald Land. The first one that they released was just a mainstay in my house. I think it was called Scared Silly, but man, that is, I guess you could call that an advertisement or a commercial because it's just 45 minutes spent with McDonald's characters. Perfect to watch at Halloween, honestly, because it's really spooky. They spend a, a night or something in a in a haunted mansion. The cool thing about those is that they were animated by I actually just had to look up how to say this. Klasky Chupo. <laughs> so that's like what, Nickelodeon and uh I didn't they do Rugrats, right? Yeah, they did all like the, the big hits back in the day. They did uh, That's what I thought. Yeah, they did Rugrats and uh, I wanna say they did stuff like Kablam and um, I'd have to look up some other ones, but yeah, like a lot of the big '90s Nicktoon hits with that really weird animation style that was like very unique and distinct. It was done by those guys, and they did the uh, the Ronald McDonald Land animated specials too. So yeah, I would count that as my McDonald's commercial because, like I said, basically a big 45-minute long commercial. 
So I'm really surprised that today with nostalgia being such a huge deal that they haven't really brought anything like these back. You know, like I think the last real Halloween thing they did, it was two or three years ago and it was, what did they do? They brought back Hello Kitty's Halloween stuff or something. It was really kind of lame. And on top of that, they don't really do McDonald's themed toys anymore either. It's, it's truly a bummer. I'm surprised they even still offer toys, if I'm being honest. I know that there's a whole big to-do about advertising to kids these days, so the fact that we even are allowed to put toys in kids' meals anymore is kind of a feat in and amongst itself. I, I completely agree. 100% there with you. It is very surprising that they, they still offer toys, afraid to make kids fat or something or eat unhealthy. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm telling you what, I am 32 years old, and if I want a Halloween McNugget buddy <laughs> in my Happy Meal, I better damn well get one. So anybody from McDonald's hears any of this, please, let's uh, let's bring it back. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. You don't want to give it to the kids? That's fine. Give it to me instead. Welcome to Spencer's, the ultimate shop for edgy, humorous, and collectible gifts. Our store carries the latest trendy posters and clothing. Why embarrass yourself saying something risky when you could just wear it on a shirt? So one of the things that I really remember about being a kid growing up with Halloween was, to me, Spencer's gifts used to be Halloween Central. I know that's kind of weird to say now, especially knowing that Spencer's gifts is technically the parent company of Spirit Halloween. They kind of spun off all of their uh, Halloween decorations into just its own line of seasonal stores. But, um, yeah, I just remember going to malls and, you know, everything else was normal in a mall back then. They didn't really decorate or, or anything like that. So to go from a normal mall setting, you know, walking into a Spencer's Gifts, and you just saw some of these crazy, crazy, like, gory Halloween decorations in there. It was, uh, it was pretty cool, and it stuck with me for a long time. Now, this is the part where I get kind of jealous. See, I didn't get to experience a real mall until I was like 14 years old. And by that point in time, that was the first time I ever saw Hot Topic and it blew my freaking mind. Like, what is this? I can't believe that this is a real thing. To me, Spencer's Gifts was like knockoff Hot Topic, which was still just as good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of weird because Hot Topic went through this really weird cringy phase in my opinion when i was in like oh, middle yeah. school and high school but i'm gonna say it they're back and better than ever baby <laughs> i hot topic yeah as an adult they have stuff in there that i'm like this is sick i love this store i could shop here for my normal everyday outfits i love it and kind of on the dl like i've always considered just going in there and being like hey does one of you want to give me a snake bite piercing like I'm going on 28 years old. I'll wear a snake bite. It looks sick, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget Hot Topic as being like balls to the walls packed with trip clothing and like these demonia thick ass boots, like all the things that I used to wear when I was a little 15 year old kid. And oh, just seeing it completely morphed. I mean, you can walk in there and see like Justin Bieber's t-shirts on the wall now. And it's like, what happened here? But uh, no, no, see, see, you're th okay. You're thinking of Hot Topic. Now we're on a side tangent, but that's okay. You're thinking of Hot Topic when I was in school, when I was in 
middle school and high school. That was the cringe era. Okay. If you go back to Hot Topic right now, today, jam-packed with the craziest shit ever. Like, I'm talking, and not just like, you know, goth or like rock or metal stuff or whatever. They've got like some really cool exclusive like Toy Story stuff in there. Uh, like really, really cool Beetlejuice stuff recently. Like even some Bob's Burgers stuff that's you can't get anywhere else. So I'm telling you, take a look on their website. Walk through a, a Hot Topic store the next time you get a chance. You'll be pleasantly surprised. I might just have to do that. It's been it's been quite a while since I've done it. Yeah. Uh, that being said, if Hot Topic was in its cringe phase and is now out of it, Spencer's Gifts is currently in its cringe phase, and I'm waiting for it to get back to its Halloween of my childhood phase when it was absolutely mind-blowingly incredible. They had some really gory props there. Um, I vividly remember walking in as a kid, and I was like a little chicken shit of a kid, so I was afraid of everything. So it wasn't the best place for me, but I was always weirdly drawn to it just to see what they had and i remember seeing some like decapitated heads hanging from the rafters of the ceiling um they also had some like life-size chucky and tiffany dolls up in those rafters too just kind of peering down at you now i've seen them as an adult and uh they were not great chucky and tiffany dolls they were far from being screen accurate but they're kind of cool when uh when you were a kid and that's all they all they made that like the cool the cool decorations and and honestly the cherry on top walking in there all they were play uh, would play at that point in time was just new metal like corn and just like limp biscuit and all this stuff and it was just blaring when you walked in so there was just like an attitude to that to that store spencer gifts was just like the place for tood agreed so Speaking of Chucky dolls, I guess NECA is making a pretty sweet Chucky doll pretty soon, like a life-size figure, or I don't even know if you could call it a figure at this point in time. Like, it's a life-size prop now. I mean, uh, heavily detailed, so hopefully it'll it'll maybe redeem how you might feel about the old ones nowadays. I just hope it's more affordable than the Trick or Treat Studios one that they did a few years ago. That Trick or Treat Studios one was spot on. It looked just like a good guy doll should and they were asking $500 for it and I was like I just can't I don't think so I really have no idea what the cost is but I I wouldn't be too surprised if it was up there as well (laughs) I mean with no doubt they're definitely putting a lot of care and effort into it but there's a limit there's a limit what no dip for a really great Halloween, pick up tons of Pepsi and... So, my next thing that I remember pretty well from when I was a kid during Halloween is the Universal Monsters being everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I really, really mean it. They hit everything. Before I get into it, I'll let you know that I've watched maybe three or four out of the, like, thousand monster films there are. Did you ever watch any? I, I wanted to ask. I was, um very much into the monsters when i was a kid if only by my uncle's persuasion i mean when i tell you that that man has an affinity for the universal monsters and was trying to get me to feel the same way uh that would have been an understatement i remember one christmas he bought me this really big collector's dvd set that had all of the frankenstein movies all of the dracula movies and all of the wolfman movies uh, in one set 
and I made my way through them. I've definitely seen my fair share, but if I have to pick my favorites, it's definitely the creature from the Black Lagoon, mainly because he's like the coolest looking monster out there, in my opinion. And agreed. I would lump in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because it's uh, it's just got really good pacing and it's got all of the visuals that you want, but it's definitely more entertaining and has a better pacing than all of the classic movies because some of those can kind of be a slog to get through, especially with modern movies uh, if you're used to those. But um, yeah, so I've seen my fair share for sure. Hell yeah. So I'm a, I'm a horror comedy kind of guy and Abbott and Costello definitely it's like has to be one of the earliest horror comedies that there ever was. Absolutely. And uh one of the best ones too, honestly. Such so many classic things in that movie. So even if you haven't ever watched any of these films before, there's a good chance that you probably know a character decently well in detail and you might even know a line or two that's kind of how powerful the universal monsters were i mean people know about them without even watching the films so when i was a kid you could walk into walmart back in the 90s during halloween and see cardboard standees and cases of soda featuring the monsters and it seemed like no matter what time of year it was, Universal Studios was constantly doing some kind of giveaway, especially during Halloween season. Like a free trip to either Hollywood or Florida and the monsters were kind of like a no-brainer way to push these giveaways during Halloween. Especially, they have Halloween Horror Nights, so like, it's a win-win. Yeah, they were, they were huge for Halloween Horror Nights back in the day. Um, I think it was like 1991, if I'm not mistaken, that was kind of the big theme because that's really all Universal had at that point were the monsters. So they were like, why am I going to pay anybody else to put other characters in this park right now? Let's just use the monsters. We have them ready, lock stocked and, and ready to go for sure. And then like they did this through the help of Pepsi and Frito-Lay. Like they, they had, I can't remember exactly which monsters corresponded with what cans, but they were on like the boxes and i think what the invisible man did crystal pepsi and then creature from the black lagoon was on the mountain dew ones and i own a couple of pieces and i don't think anything's much cooler than the creature from the black lagoon poster that i have uh it's kind of like a beachy poster you can see silhouettes of palm trees in the background and uh they have like uh it's kind of hard to tell, but like you can tell the the fish that are shown in there, like kind of like a a string light kind of thing. And then in the background, you can see that like Dracula, Frank, and Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, the Mummy are all behind there, like partying. It's a really colorful poster, and the creature is wearing like a a red sideways hat. It's about as nineties as it gets. The uh, the red sideways hat, sort of. He was in his Fred Durst phase. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you almost expect him to keep rolling, rolling. Yeah, creature was all about that nookie. <laughs> so, sticking with the Universal monsters, I'm I'm a toy collector, and a lot of people know that. And anyone who knows toys probably has an idea where this is going. Universal monsters and the TMNT did crossover figures. I haven't shut up about these yet, and I'm probably not going to stop anytime soon. That's just who I am at this point. Don't judge me. Maybe I'll stop after this one. It, it's been a, a long time coming. 
But uh, not necessarily a strictly Halloween thing. I think they did come out in like June or July of 93, the first wave, and then the second wave came out in 94 sometime. So that's two waves. Wave one features Raph as the mummy, Dawn as Dracula, Mikey as Frankenstein, Leo as the Wolfman. And then the second wave consisted of Raph as the mutant, Mike as Invisible Man, Leo as the creature, and April as Bride of Frankenstein. So they dropped Donnie in the second wave. They always seem to drop Donnie for some reason, but we really needed a Bride of Frankenstein. So April had to be the one, I guess. Did you ever see them before? Oh, yeah, I love those. Uh, might I make a suggestion if we ever figure out how to do time travel is that we travel back in time and force them to drop April and make Donnie the Bride of Frankenstein. I would love to see that. <laughs> I mean, by today's standards, uh, anything could go. That's right. Why are we assigning uh, <laughs> why, are, why are we assigning roles for these characters? Donnie can be the, uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. Let it rip, man. <laughs> Did you ever own any of these when you were a kid, or was it a little before your time do you think yeah that was i think a little bit before my time i obviously had a bunch of ninja turtle action figures but i think a lot of those were hand-me-downs i definitely had my fair share of you know new figures as well but i definitely missed that wave that was that was probably a little a little before my time uh you know toy wise right so i owned two of them i owned raf as the mummy and mike as the invisible man and Raph was the one that I remember mostly. That was the first one that I got. And I got him sometime in the middle of October back in, what was what, 93? And he kind of, just getting that figure and seeing all of them together at one point in the store, it kind of hyped up that season for me. 28 years later, I'm still kind of obsessed with all of them. I own all of them now, mint on card. And they're some of the only original Playmates figures that I like, felt like I desperately needed to own. And since, you know, COVID and all, these were kind of higher up on the list for a lot of collectors. But now they've like skyrocketed. So I'm really, really glad that I got them when I did because I, I, I wouldn't want to pay the prices that they're at now <laughs> by any means. I feel that. Yeah, I never had the Ninja Turtles Universal Monster figures, but I did just have a lot of Universal Monster figures in general. <laughs> like I said, my uncle was really trying to push them on me back in the day, and uh, I didn't mind that at all. Um, some of my favorites that I have, uh, still have actually, um, the late 90s, because there was two distinct eras of Universal Monsters, right? There was the early 90s, which I feel is like what you gravitate towards, um, and then the later 90s, which obviously is, is more where I came into play on that stuff. But uh, the best figures I have, I think, are the um, the Monsters on Skateboards. I don't know if I've ever seen them before. Monsters on Skateboards. Well, think about it. It was the late 90s. Everything was extreme sports. Everything was extreme sports. And the uh, Monsters were not immune. So... You have Frankenstein, Dracula, the mummy, creature, and the wolfman. So there are five figures in total, at least that I have. They gave them all street clothes. Frankenstein has a pair of sunglasses on, which is really badass. And they all have their own working skateboard. So you peg their feet into the board, 
and they roll around like nobody's business. And uh, they also have that thing going on that was really popular at the time where they've got big heads in relation to their bodies for some reason. Um, so, yeah, very of their time. And, uh, of course, the Burger King figures. How are we going to not mention the Burger King figures? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Burger King figures were completely classic. Some of the best Monsters toys up to that point, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I agree. What do you got when it comes to them, man? I got them all, my friend. I have them all. Now, are we talking the ones, like, I think I have a, a Frankenstein one that kind of, it has like a a, a see-through head. It's green, but you can, like, kind of see through it. It looks like maybe it could, like, light up in some way, shape, or form. Are those the ones you're talking about? Or That's it. Those are the ones. Yeah, so there is, there's four in, in total, if I remember correctly. It's Frankenstein, who looks, you know, like that. He's got the clear head. It's Dracula. Um, it's the Wolfman and it's the creature. Um, I think I've lost all of the accessories that they came with. Like Frankenstein came with a crypt in a coffin that he, he would, Oh no, maybe that was Dracula. Yeah. Dracula came with a crypt in a coffin that he would rise out of. Uh, Frankenstein, I believe came with his electrocution table there. Um, and it had a light in it, so it would make his head glow. I don't remember what the Wolfman came with, but the creature from the Black Lagoon, again, being my favorite, he was a water toy. So you would put him in the sink, and he would suck up water, and then you'd push his abdomen, and he'd spit out water at people. So, yeah, loved those. They look great. They've got a really great sculpt. And uh, I brought the four of them with me to college and put them in my shower caddy to look at me while I showered for some reason. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird choice, but I stand by it. Oh, man, no. that That's better than not having them at all, really. That's true. So the only other thing that I remember Universal Monster-wise that was really cool, I mean, there was everything in the 90s, monsters. There was plush toys. There was action figures. There were new VHS releases. Uh, the one that's always stuck in my mind were the cookies. Did you ever have the cookies? I don't think I had. You'll have to look these things up, and I really wish it was just the yearly thing that they'd put out, like the monster cereals. But they were either like a Nilla wafer or a graham, cra- uh, you know, a graham cookie, something like that. But they were oval-shaped, and they had portraits of some of the bigger monsters baked right into the cookie, like carved into them. Yeah, I know what you're talking about yeah. now. Yeah, they had like a, it was like a purple box. Yeah. Yeah, I loved those. Monsters things. cookies right over the front of it. That's right. Yeah, I loved those. I thought those were really great. And uh, honestly, if one thing could come back, I wish it were those. I'd love to see those on shelves every year. There is only one key to open the device. It's in the stomach of your dead cellmate. You better hurry up. Before die. Make your choice. Okay. I mentioned I'm a little bit younger. Not much, but a little bit younger. So the one thing that I really remember every Halloween was the Saw franchise and getting a new entry every Halloween. Do you remember that tagline that they came up with after maybe the third or fourth movie? If it's Halloween, it must be Saw. 
Oh yeah, man. So uh, it's not near as a big deal nowadays as it used to be, but yeah, I remember like yesterday how big these movies were when they first started coming out. And I think I was the perfect age for them to come out because they started coming out a little bit before I got in middle school. But by the time I was in middle school and early high school, they were all the rage every year. And it was just a great series to show up and either rent from Blockbuster or if you were like me, you had an uncle who was obsessed with horror movies and he had it the first day that it was on DVD every year. So I would go and borrow it from him or watch it with him. But, yeah, I mean, that was the horror franchise of my generation. You know, uh, Jigsaw was basically the Freddy, the Jason, the Chucky for me. Not to say I didn't love those guys, but I didn't have movies coming out on a yearly basis of those big three. So Jigsaw was all that I had. No, that's a really good comparison. Well, thank you. (laughs) Um, Not that any of those movies were overly Halloweeny, but um, they did definitely fill a void. It was great to have a horror movie every Halloween, and it was that tagline, man. That tagline, if it's Halloween, it must be Saw. It really just drove home that point that, okay, I don't know what I'm getting for this Halloween season because it was, you know, the baby stage of the internet before everybody knew everything all the time, right? Um, Right. But that was one thing that we knew. It was like, okay, I don't know what's coming this Halloween season, but I know that I'm getting a Saw movie. I know that my friends and I can walk down to the Red Box if we want, rent the newest saw, grab a bunch of junk food, sit down in the basement, and absolutely marvel over at all these gross, gory special effects. And uh, I don't know, if anybody was like me, I was just super obsessed with special effects when I was a kid. Like, I really wanted to be a special effects artist. I wanted to go to Tom Savini's makeup school. So I would make my mom buy me all the DVDs. Uh, But the special editions... And that had all the extra bonus features just so I could try to figure out how they were making all of these saws and traps and everything. For me, what sets these movies apart from like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street is like we knew these weren't like realistic things happening in the older movies, like clearly. But like Saw, it's just like a complete gore fest and it's, it's stuff that could really happen, you know? So like that was for me anyways, was a big deal when it came to these movies. And it's, it's kind of what kept everyone interested. I feel like it was, it it felt real, but like, I don't know. You kind of like were interested to see how the deaths would happen. Absolutely. It was one of those things where, again, I was young when your mom would tell you, don't stay out too late or make sure that you call me because there's creepy people in this world. (laughs) Watching Saw sort of reinforced that and made that real. It's like, oh, maybe I should call home and let my mom know that I'm okay because otherwise I might end up in one of these traps. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I will say quickly to cap this off, they tried making Paranormal Activity, the new yearly Halloween uh, Saw replacement. Listen, I liked the Paranormal Activity movies. I even loved the first and second ones when they came out because they blew my little mind, but it just wasn't the same as Saw. Yeah, I, I, I never got into any of them yet. Uh, my little brother, he watches them all the time, and it was just one thing that I never never got into yet. Um, 
I did, however, watch Paranormal Whacktivity, and that was that was something. Oh boy! <laughs> not not really the best Wayne's work I've ever seen, but uh, it was it. It was something. If nothing else comes out of this podcast, uh, this is a public plea to the Wayne's brothers. Please just be better. Yeah, and if you could, please get back onto uh, scary movie material that you guys did the first two so well, and uh, they haven't been the same ever since. Yeah, just give me a proper scary movie three. Tonight's episode of Family Matters is a little scary, so you might want to watch it with somebody brave. Don't worry, Uncle Steve. Yeah, man, we're here for you. Guys, can we turn on the lights? So, another thing that comes to mind when I think about how our Halloween was unique was the Halloween specials. To say that the Halloween specials that aired when we were growing up were good would be a huge understatement. Like, they were amazing. So, I mentioned on the Haunted Hangovers podcast a while ago that people in our age range were conditioned to enjoy Halloween through these Halloween specials. So like every single sitcom I can remember back in the day had a Halloween episode and not just one and done, most of them did one every year. I think back to shows like Roseanne, Family Matters, Fresh Prince, Home Improvements, Full House, all these heavy hitting sitcoms had at least dabbled a little on Halloween, if not take it and run with a full blast. Am I right? You are absolutely correct. Loved all of those. Home Improvement, obviously, might have been the heaviest hitter for me as a kid. But now as an adult, I can really appreciate the Roseanne ones because Roseanne, on another level. I would kind of mark them both at the same tier, Roseanne and uh, Home Improvements. They both have like the same good amount of campiness and like goofiness going on but like i don't know they they just have this mixture of things that really works for both series and uh roseanne especially like they they had one every single year for however long that show was going on for and they never disappointed so one thing that ultimately comes to mind when we talk about Halloween specials is The Simpsons. Like, easily The Simpsons comes to mind. Uh, they've started doing Halloween episodes as early as their second season. They now have 32 seasons, and all but one has a Treehouse of Horror episode. So, 31 Halloween episodes. That's, that's a crazy amount of Halloween episodes. Absolutely. And about half of them are good. Yeah, you, I, I would say, yeah, probably about mm, anywhere between like 50 and 60% are good. Basically through season 15, they were good. And then after that, they're really hit and miss. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was one of those things where Treehouse of Horror almost just became its own sub-series within The Simpsons, you know? Like, at this point, I think we've gotten a whole season's worth of Treehouse of Horror episodes. Which is kind of which is kind of crazy because not many shows have something that's so consistent as like a sub brand in the show. Very true. Yeah, you don't really see that happen at all nowadays. Right. Um I will say all of the early seasons are great, but I really do think that they hit their peak of popularity around the time that I was a kid 
which I'm more specifically talking around 2001, 2002. So about 20 years ago at this point. Um, not only were the Halloween specials really popping off back then, they had some, still had some really great segments. That's also when the Burger King toys uh, came out, and that's probably the pinnacle of the Treehouse of Horror. Uh, 2001 and 2002. 2001, they did the Simpsons spooky light-ups. And then 2002, they followed up with the Simpsons creepy classics toy line, which I have to admit were probably some of the best Simpsons figures we had gotten into up until that point. And uh, I'll just I'll never forget like being at school. Every kid was just talking about those toys and trios of horror, which was kind of crazy considering that the show at that point had been on for like a decade. Usually at that point, kids have moved on to other stuff. But yeah, no, trios of horror was still really, really popping off at that point. Oh, yeah, for sure. And back to the, the uh, Treehouse of Horror toys, that, wasn't there like some crazy amount, like 50 or something figures in that line? Not 50, unfortunately. I've got both of them next to me here. Uh, I want to say that the creepy classics probably have like 9 or 10, and I think that the spooky light-ups have probably like 13 or 14, So, which is still pretty impressive for a... a fast food toy line yeah so about 24 25 that's that's that is impressive man that's uh i think what the mcnugget buddies there's only like 12 to so 12 in the united states and then the um four that were in australia so i mean that that's that is huge comparison yeah absolutely i will also say that around that time uh, McFarlane was also putting out sets of like the most famous Treehouse of Horror bits. Homer and Hell eating all of the donuts. That was a, like an action toy set that they put out where you would actually eat the donuts. Uh, they did a donut head Homer figure and a figure pack, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, they were really just going crazy over Treehouse of Horror back then at that specific point. And I loved it. It was a great time to grow up. Oh, yeah, and not only did they do that, like, with the toys, but then they had that drink. What was it, the, like, blackberry? It was, like, a black cherry uh, drink. Yeah, it was a black cherry frozen drink at Burger King that turned your tongue black. Yeah, the commercial for that was just wild. Great commercials, great commercials. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, aside from The Simpsons, what other holiday episodes can you think of from your, your childhood? Not so much episodes, like, to me, that just, like, the shows in general or the tip of the iceberg, like, I have to also take into consideration, I was four when Hocus Pocus came out, and before then, we had a lot of other huge Halloween films already, movies like Ernest Scared Stupid, Double Bubble Toil and Trouble from the Olsen Twins, uh, with the Addams Family, then in 95, we had the Casper movie. I mean, just chock full of different Halloween special kind of like movies. And if you want to go even further back, you can see Garfield's Halloween Adventure. And then you have the great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. And, uh, we even had a, well, a Pac-Man's Halloween special. My question is, when's the last time you heard or seen a new Halloween special like one of those? Like one that hits that heavy, like a Hocus Pocus or... Uh, an earnest scared stupid kind of that has like a cult following to it recently i can't think of anything that's 
kind of been as big as that. I mean, we've got the Hotel Transylvania movies, which are pretty big, but it's sort of, it's just different. You know, I, I don't know how, how to explain how it's different, but they they don't just hit the same way. And I don't know, maybe in 20 years for kids now they will, but it just feels like there's sort of a disconnect. I mean, you mentioned the Adams Family. We even have a new Adams Family series going on right now, and I don't even think many people saw the first one. We've got a sequel coming out, and I don't even hear anybody excited about that. So... Yeah, you're you're right, man. I haven't heard a lot of rage about that one, not at all. But no, you're right. Hotel Transylvania, uh, that that one's instantly one that comes to my mind. I think that's probably the one that hits the biggest with kids right now. It, it might not hit exactly like Hocus Pocus, but like, I'd say it's it's pretty close. Cause remember back, Hocus Pocus really didn't do well its first year out either. Uh, it wasn't something real huge. I feel like just within the last probably what 15 years it might it might have really reached a peak in where its popularity grew like crazy you know now we have we're just now finally getting hocus pocus merch you know nothing that we had back then was tied to any kind of merchandise or anything that i can remember uh we made what two years ago or last year there was hocus pocus halloween cookies at walmart i mean come on that's true. I couldn't find those, by the way. I looked all over and I could not get a pack. Dude, I got them. I got that one pack at Walmart. Like the moment that they put them out, the very next day, the entire fucking stack was gone. <laughs> People probably trying to sell packs of cookies on eBay for three hundred dollars. I don't even doubt it. Not even one bit. So, have you seen the uh, the new Thirty One Nights of Halloween lineup this year? I have, and. It's better than a couple of years ago <laughs> when they were showing the Hunger Games and they showed Batman Returns on Halloween night, but uh, right? it's not much better. I was going to say, by how much do you think it's better? <laughs> uh, I mean, at least two or three times better, considering that two or three nights aren't just the Hunger Games movies. Good point. Good point. I will say, though, Shrek Trilogy... Matilda, Men in Black, Alien and Aliens. Like, who is making these lists of movies to watch on? I, I just, I don't know. I was going to say, I hear a lot of hate being thrown at Matilda over the years because that was one of those movies that uh, was really getting shit on a couple years ago when they had the terrible, terrible lineup. Matilda's about a witch, so, I mean, I'll, I'll give them that. And uh, for a kid, as a kid, I feel like that plays pretty nice on the Halloween season. But, like, hey, man, as much as I love Men in Black, that doesn't belong in a Halloween playlist. As much as I love Shrek, no, get out of here. And the Shrek one is weird to me because they made Shrek Halloween specials. Just show those. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering that myself. Like, why isn't that on there? And I actually assumed that they were. And now that you've cleared that up for me, that's kind of a bust man i don't understand why they wouldn't have taken that opportunity and then matilda is she a witch i mean i thought she was a witch maybe i'm mistaken i don't know i always just assumed she was just some weirdo girl that can do things with her mind maybe i gotta look this up i mean i don't know what if you put it that way then whatever i I always liked the movie matilda i mean it was one of my favorite uh danny devito movies oh wait a minute 
She's a young genius who is regularly neglected and mistreated by her parents who develops psychokinetic powers. Uh, isn't that just a witch? (laughs) 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 I'll take it. Now that I've, uh, offended the whole Wiccan community. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not like she's reading tea leaves or anything or like reading you your tarot for the week. Uh, I suppose. But I mean, she's like six. So would she be doing that either way? No, no, not at all. (laughs) okay so another one i'd like to bring up though um another big one people are talking about is i don't know i don't i'm probably butchering the uh, pronunciation here but hubie halloween hubie hubie is a hubie or hubie 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 okay so hubie halloween would you say it's on par with hocus pocus no no not at all that being said I enjoyed it for what it was. I think if it had come out 20 years ago, it would have been considered to be one of Adam Sandler's greats and very fondly remembered. I just can't get over the stupid voice he does throughout that whole movie. That really is kind of what killed it for me. That seemed to kill it for a lot of people. Uh, I I watched a little bit of it. It was kind of just background noise while I was doing all kinds of other stuff last year. Um, I really don't even know what it's about. Uh, it just wasn't something that really kept me occupied, I felt like. Yeah, it basically plays like Waterboy in New England, so... Okay, I, yeah, you know, I could see that. I, I get that comparison, for sure. It's a weird one. I don't really have anything against it, but uh, I don't think it's going to turn out to be this Halloween classic like a lot of people are saying that it will be, so... Use thy voice, Fill the sky! Bring the little brats to die! <laughs> All right, so here's another one that was sort of specific to my childhood, but uh, I know that other people probably had sort of similar experiences when they were kids. So when I was in elementary school, uh, the school had this little hidden garden off in one of the remote corners of the school, and it was meant to be a nice, quiet place to bring a class and read to them, uh, you know, show younger kids nature Things like that. It was just a nice little quiet space that the school kept. At Halloween, though, one of the extracurricular groups uh, would take some of the older kids and they would give it this spooky makeover. They would call it the Haunted Garden. So they would usually they would take fake cobwebs, uh, you know, some paper skeletons, maybe a couple things from the dollar store, and then three or four kids would be hiding in the bushes waiting to jump out and scare you and in broad daylight, so it never really scared you because it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, see, so I'm, I'm like confused. Is this like a, a walkthrough kind of thing? It, it doesn't happen after dark or anything? Right. Okay, so basically, I guess I'll go back a little bit. You know, when you're in elementary school and they have your Halloween party, you know, either the day of Halloween or the weekend before if Halloween's on a weekend. So, so kids would bring in cupcakes or whatever, and you'd, you'd all go in in your costume, and maybe you'd even go trick-or-treating around the school to different classrooms. Okay. Yeah, so we would do, you know, those parties, and then we would do a Halloween costume parade that would go throughout the whole school, 
parents would usually come and then it would end in this haunted garden so you have all of these kids streaming through and they're ending up at the haunted garden so yeah it was basically a walkthrough that you would do in the daytime right before you went home from school for halloween but you'd walk through and the kids would be jumping out of the bushes they'd be trying to spook you and scare you it looked a little creepy because it had all the decorations out and then once you made it to the end the principal would give you a piece of candy our school, like the one I went to, it for sure had like a, a Halloween parade that like took place inside the school. We started off in the gym and went around um, fully costumed and teachers would hand out candy and all that. And But this, man, that's certainly one way to elevate the experience. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm up here in New England, so... You've got all the leaves falling, so you're kind of crunching through the leaves. You're in your costume, and uh, I don't know. It's just a really great Halloween memory. I don't know if they still do it because I know it's kind of weird with giving out candy to kids, and there's probably some parents who would complain that kids getting scared isn't a good thing. But back then, parents didn't really care. They were like, yeah, whatever. Go walk through, get scared, get some candy, have a good time, be with your friends. <laughs> so the haunted garden was something that was sort of specific to me but it just had this idea of like a kid friendly haunt that was also just done by kids that maybe not many people would see did you have anything similar to that that you would go to either at school or just like in your community oh i certainly did and that was one thing. I, I'm really not sure if this one would hit home with everyone the way it does me. Um, but I remember the local stores always doing this. Between Walmart, Kmart, and then... Uh, have you ever heard of Bilo before? I have never heard of Bilo. Okay, so Bilo, it's probably just a regional thing. Uh, we had like two in the area. Um, it was just a small grocery store kind of thing. Um similar to like a shop right or a save a lot or whatever you know one of them kind of things um well they all did their own little like halloween haunted house walkthrough kind of thing which usually consisted of like cases of pop built up into like the bare bones of a, a house kind of thing um they would drape like webbing and uh black garbage bags to line the windows and stuff and make doors out of those kind of things and actually the doors i've seen where they use like the plastic black drops for uh spooky door gags like one that you would put in your front door to kind of disguise your door um and i mean they would deck them out decent for like a four or five year old kid and back then that was kind of all I needed as far as like the entertainment was I mean it was very uh it was entertaining oh I remember one time they had like severed arms hanging from the tops uh there was a bunch of arms hanging through uh cracks in the doors and or not the doors but the walls um dang and they yeah they were they were something they really were and they weren't like any lights or anything so when you were walking around you were kind of like blind but um you knew what the things were that you were running into the whole time. You could kind of feel them, and it was definitely like a, I don't want to say sensory kind of thing, but like kind of, you know what I mean? Like you walk in, and you, you don't have you, your eyesight really. You're just kind of feeling around and seeing what's in there, and um, it was effective. 
So it's sort of the grocery store version of Spirit Halloween when they make their little walk. <laughs> Yes. Now that's that's a very very good comparison. Like it, it's spot on. And when I was a four or five year old kid, it certainly felt like a spirit Halloween walkthrough while you were going through these things. So I had to figure out if anyone that I knew did this. Do you remember your stores doing this or anything? No. The closest thing I have to that, um, I think I've talked about it with you before. We had this halloween store around here called the halloween outlet and what they would do in the beginning part of this store they actually reserved it to do just like what you're talking about just make a little haunted walkthrough although there's a was a little bit more uh sophisticated than i suppose the grocery store ones because they were using actual animatronics to sort of scare the crap out of you but unfortunately no, I didn't have those around here. Though, I kind of love the idea of just being able to go to a haunted house wherever you're shopping. Like, that's just incredible. Oh, yeah, man. It was a great way for, like, the kids to do whatever they wanted while the, the parents were off grocery shopping. I did I did look up on Google to see if I could find any pictures of this happening elsewhere because I don't have any pictures myself, obviously. Um, and I did find at least three other images that were very, very similar. Granted, one of them was like a pile of Miller Lite boxes. So uh, I, I could still see kids walking through it, though. I, I feel like that was probably the idea still. I mean, it was decked out. It had a door and everything with that same like black uh, plastic bag kind of Halloween door walkthrough thing. And so it does happen other places somewhere. I have no idea where. They're just random pictures on Google. So, Sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that would be something I would love to see come back any given day. That would be really cool oh, to yeah. see. Hello, Mrs. Jensen. You don't have any Snickers in your shopping cart. The neighborhood kids love Snickers on Halloween. Let me help you. So I wanted to end on the biggest thing I felt was different about our Halloween. And we're going to do this one kind of together and I'll start. Um, really, it's just the pure ability to just be a kid with not many rules. Halloween nowadays doesn't seem the same as it did as a kid in the 90s. Like, let me put you in the scene. I can remember counting down the days until Halloween, getting excited about the day. My mom, she's really into baking, so no matter what holiday, we had some kind of, like, cookies, and it was something us kids always looked forward to. It hyped us up even more. And there was something about throwing colored globs of icing on spooky-shaped cookies that really hit the right notes before the season really uh, got into full peak. All these things we already talked about in this episode just fuels the fire before the big day. Now, it's Halloween. We start at like 5. It's probably cold because I'm in Pennsylvania and I can't remember many Halloweens where I wasn't wearing like 17 layers underneath my stupid costume. So like, you can picture like the, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man with like a really crappy turtle's mask over top. Like just really obscene, but... I don't know. We were wearing turtle masks, so it felt like we were the Ninja Turtles for like a few hours of the day. Any porch light we saw, we, we hit. 
it was like a contest to see how much candy we could get or how many pillowcases we could fill. And we were out until what felt like 1130 or midnight. It, it probably wasn't quite that late, but I know for a fact we were out way later than they allow, allow now. And sometimes with absolutely no adult supervision. Any of this hitting home with you? It is. It was a little bit different for me because I definitely had a mom who was more worried about us going out on our own. Um, and the big reason behind that was because we lived in a neighborhood where we really didn't have neighbors that we could trick or treat for, uh, you know, with. Um, there's just not a lot of foot traffic up here. So what they would really end up doing for us was take us around to like our cousins places or whatever. Like we had a few different cousins and a few different cul-de-sacs and that was really great because cul-de-sacs, man, that's the place to be on Halloween. Right. You know, you got like a hundred houses, 150 houses and a lot of them are well off. So they're giving out like pretty good size candy, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I just, I remember just like you, it's cold up here. Didn't matter what costume we were wearing. We were in 15 layers, and we always had a winter coat over our costume, so it kind of ruined the effect. But we were out there, and uh, we were trucking it, man. We were doing it all. We weren't we, we weren't doing what kids, it seems like they do these days, where if they are even going out into a neighborhood, it seems like their parents are driving them from door to door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, see, like you, uh, we had this, like, trove of cousins that would come over that the parents would bring them over but then we walked in you know we walked most of the way around there was a couple of instances where i remember where we would kind of get done with our small neighborhood and they would drive us into like the surrounding neighborhoods and even sometimes drive us into other towns once we felt we did enough damage in one town we would go to the next uh that's another thing that i don't really see being able to happen because nowadays kids only get like two hours i think from like five to seven or something like that i think last year's might have been from six to eight which was a little bit better because it was dark enough to light up your yard haunt but like not by much you know it was very uh very short amount of time i feel like nowadays i just don't understand and i've never understood this idea behind limiting trick-or-treat hours i just it just goes so against the spirit of the whole tradition where it's like okay well we don't want people in the neighborhood getting frustrated because their bell is ringing at 9 p.m or and it's just like man it's one day a year you can't have your bell ringing until 9 9 30 at night whatever it might be and if you really hate it just put your bowl of candy out on the front step until it's gone 1000 percent agree like it, it's the worst i don't understand it i'll never understand it it's something that i feel they absolutely should change within the next couple of years it's just unnecessary i'm pro separation of government and pagan rituals yes <laughs> and how about this trunk or treat business i don't i still can't wrap my head around this at all i don't understand it one bit trunk or treats just a weird one i mean in theory, it could be a, a cool thing to do supplementary to trick-or-treating, but trunk-or-treat replacing trick-or-treating, it just feels so sterile and boring. Yeah, I agree. And that that's the kind of thing that is being talked about a lot, especially in like my little area. They're always talking about 
some other way. And I, I get it now because of COVID and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. I think tr- trunk or treat has its place for things like churches or, you know, places where, you know, all of the people you want to do something a little extra for the kids, but that's all it is. It's like, uh, you know, a way for the parents to get together and hang out and sort of have their little Halloween party for kids to get something out of it too. But replacing regular trick or treating with trunk or treat blasphemy. So to sum it up, I feel like everything we saw as good about Halloween back then has been basically watered down. So no wonder why most kids don't participate anymore. I mean, think about it this way. Most kids are making their own money on the internet these days. So if they want candy, they're probably Ubering themselves down to the local supermarket the day after Halloween, buying out all of the 50% off clearance candy and uh, watching all of the uh, all of the scary movies on Netflix. So I can't blame them. There, there probably isn't as much ritual in it for them these days. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of sad to see a younger generation maybe not getting as much out of it as we did when we were kids. That being said, as an adult, it kicks ass these days. Oh, yeah, it does, man. It, it... I always look forward to that first entrance of the uh, Spirit Halloween for the year. That's always like the thing that really solidifies it for me. So what would you say in closing every year being an adult? What's the one thing that you look forward to most? Ooh, the one thing I look forward to most. So uh, minus the fact that, you know, Spirit Halloween, what I just said there, um, for me it's it's not even something that a store can bring to me now. Um, it's just putting my yard haunt up. Oh man, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> See, that's that's perfect. That's perfect. But like it, coming from two yard haunters, like I feel like that's the that's the thing that sets it off full blast for me. You know, I start it the very first day of October, and I, I just keep adding to it if I have to all the way up until the big day. What about you? I'm usually up by like the third week of September. Um, Not everything. I don't put out my big expensive props because, you know, they've got to be up for a month. But yeah, I don't know. I get those lights set up. I get my gravestones going. And I just love driving home every day, pulling into my driveway and seeing my yard haunt set up. Most times I usually just spend four or five minutes just standing amongst the tombstones and decompressing for my day. Yes. Yeah, man. It, it is really like, it is quite the vibe to like unwind to at the end of the day. Um, and I, I mean, I work for a shift now, so when I get home, it's still pretty light out. Even at the end of the night, just hanging out there just for a few minutes is just really good way to soak it all in. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Um, this will be one of a few spookier uh, episodes that we'll have throughout the season. So stick with us. We'll be back for more. So do you have any closing words, Derek? The only thing I'll say is we might be old, we might be grouchy, but Halloween is still our season, baby. Let's make the most of it. For sure. I'm Grimy from Retroplasm. And I am Derek from It's Dem Boys. We'll catch you next time. Happy, 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 happy.